0: welcome to fit pro foundations the podcast where you'll hear fitness professionals provide the ideas and the inspiration behind their success my name is karen salenzi and today it is my pleasure to introduce tyler valencia For only being in the fitness industry a little over 10 years, Tyler has already had stops at Nesta and CCPT and Smart Fitness. In 2016, he started the Kinesiology Institute for Performance Specialists, also known as KIFS. In 2020, he relaunched Time to Train Fitness, which is an online exercise platform that specializes in live and on-demand workouts for those people wanting to work out at home. Tyler holds both a bachelor and master's degree in kinesiology and will be completing his PhD in health and human performance. Tyler, welcome to the show.
1: <laughs> Thank you, Garen. It's always great to connect with you. And I'm sure that we'll probably joke about it later that even just setting up this episode, I can't even tell you, I can't tell you, we spent 28 minutes just chatting because of how much, how much we enjoy our company. So it's great to get a recording in and talk about all the things that you planned for the day.
0: Our discussion today, and you may hear us giggle or joke around about a few things because we have talked a lot in the past and we connect on a lot of things. Ultimately, at the end of the day, what we want to do is make sure that listeners understand all of the resources available to them so that they can elevate their business practice. Let's get into the show, shall we? I
1: love it. I love it. Fantastic.
0: Fantastic. So for those listeners that aren't fully aware of what KIPPS is, what do you want to let them know and understand about KIPPS?
1: Yeah, this is a good one for even me with how I want people to portray KIPPS because that's a, that's something that probably I should think about more when I'm thinking about adding a new course or the direction or where time should be spent and the best way, and the easiest answer is that I want people to know that we're an education company we're an educate I can't say we're like one of the big boys because we're not but we are an education platform for fitness professionals our courses have continuing education units attached we have certifications that do also have CUs attached and essentially we're just a smaller company we don't have the marketing budget of the big boys, so you're not going to know as much about us, but we do have a lot of free resources, and our education is different. We really try to offer courses that you might not typically see. Of course, we have some of the regulars. We have the PT program. We have a wellness coach. We have group exercise, but we also do have things like Indian clubs. We do have an online aqua course. We have things that you're typically not going to see at the other ones just because of the topic, and that's kind of how uh, one of the ways we grew the company was just offering different courses in hopes that people would okay, wow, that is different. I do want to learn it. And I'm happy that this is in an online format.
0: When you were saying that, a number of thoughts were going through my head. The first one being, wow, how much work did he have to put into coming up with this concept and building the platform and reaching out to all of the people that will benefit from everything that Kips has to offer? And even though you are differentiated from what you call the big boys, mm-hmm. there is definitely a market for you. And this is what I love about the fitness industry, because just like personal trainers, just like group fitness instructors, there are a plethora of opportunities mm-hmm. and clients available to us. And you don't have to be like everyone else. You can find your people. And that's what I think that you have done with Kips. Can you tell me what really was the driving force behind the original creation of KIPPS? What did that look like in your mind? And what did you see was missing in the industry that made you step up and provide this?
1: Going back to 2016, and it's really one of those things where it was more of a, I got to take my shot, do something I've thought about, something that I enjoy. Uh, i had already worked for, as you mentioned in the intro, I already worked for two of the top 10 education companies in the the States here. And at one of them, I was an executive uh, and I, at the time I hadn't started a family. So I was like, okay, I do have the, the time to start something if I wanted to. So I kind of had a conversation with my wife. Uh, she was my girlfriend at the time. And I was like, Hey, I'm not fully happy at my job, even though it was a great paying job when you're an executive. I want them to, that's a, that's a great paying job for a fitness pro and i looked at it and it's like this could be my opportunity i should take all the skills that i've learned over the years and things that many fit pros you like wait you know to do that in terms of making websites knowing how to constantly keep your website up to date with seo items filming editing content creation all these types of things and it was like yeah she, she basically my wife just said yeah let's do it like the, you have this opportunity to do it i know you can do it and so i basically pulled from my time working at the different companies and also my time when i owned my own boot camp like my own live boot camp that was more of like the business and learning the business stuff of okay here's how you make your own website here's how you market in a local in a local area here's how you get clients but from the other companies the educational companies that was where i was learning how to make content with the filming the editing all that kind of stuff so i basically mushed those together and the turnaround time from the time that I left NCCPT to starting Kips that was about a month. And I launched KIPPS within a month and we had three courses right off the bat. You know, the driving force behind it, it, it wasn't that special. Like that's one of the things that I have no problem admitting was that, and this is, was where I, I feel like I made a mistake, was that I didn't differentiate KIPPS from, from the beginning. That I just set out to do things better in my mind do them better do them at a low cost and that was kind of the outlook that i had or that we had when i worked at nesta was that doing stuff at a low cost but still providing quality content and so i took that kind of mindset and applied it with kips and things were they were going they were fine but it was after maybe a year that I realized, okay, I have to do things differently. And I have to look at business differently if I want to continue down this road. And that was where things started to roll into, okay, let's try different courses. Let's try kettlebell. uh, Let's try Indian clubs, steel clubs, stuff like that, which really helped open us up to a different part of the fitness industry, that items that were getting popular, that were, people were like, okay, I wish there was more education about that. That really helped us in that spot and trying to network it in that capacity. And I have to note that being different not just for the sake of being different. I feel like you hear that a lot of these days. Oh, we want to be different, we want to be different. But really making sure that there's a reason behind it. You're not just, okay, we're going to do things a different way just because we want to be able to say that. There has to be a reason behind it for your business. And so I almost think about it as we keep that in mind, But also at the same time, we keep this ideology that we want to do things great. We want to make sure that if we say we're going to do it, we're going to do it. And we're going to try and do it well. So especially with a small business, you're crossing all those T's and you're making sure jobs get done and they're getting done well. You can't make as many mistakes. If you only have one shot to attract a new audience, to potentially get a customer from a bigger company, you got to make sure it's good. And it's motivation in that way. The whole different thing and differentiating uh, ourselves—it's almost like a—it's a motivating factor because there's a lot of creativity in there that you don't really think about, and it's things like this podcast, YouTube, and the ways that we use social media platforms. It's something that you see, wow, they, these other companies—they're lacking in there. Okay, let's really attack those items. Like, let's just talk about YouTube for a second. Uh, let's really focus on utilizing YouTube to grow our business and see what happens from there because that this is a free platform that you can really grow your business make content and really create something that has people constantly clicking on your website and to this day youtube is one of our top four we'll call it traffic getters youtube is the second largest search engine in the world in the world that's not like just in like the states in the world so to be able to have something out there free that really you just have to invest your time in it and there's multiple benefits that you can get from it. That's a great tool for someone that's a fitness pro, a business owner, or anybody just really looking to grow.
0: And it's really interesting that you said this, Tyler, because as you were just speaking right now, I was writing down notes. And first off, I want to say that really this podcast today is going to appeal to two distinct streams of listeners people who are looking to go out and create a business over and above what you would expect a typical personal trainer or group fitness instructor to do, which I love because I love the fact that people understand their opportunities out there in a multitude of ways that they've perhaps never even considered before. And I think that what you're talking about here is going to shine a floodlight on that. But also you're really highlighting the fact that KIPPS is there to provide education in the big certifications, group fitness, personal training, but also specializing in some of those areas that, again, you have used your talents to hone in on and say, there's a business opportunity here. And there is a market that we can serve by focusing on some of these different types of equipment certifications. So this Mm -hmm. is so great. And I love the fact that you use the word mushed, a very technical term, mushing.
1: (laughs) I have to comment on on that last part because there's a a bit of uncertainty with the the direction that we took. With it, often the the question, whenever you make any course, I feel like the common question that I always get, whether it was with Kips or with other uh, companies I worked with, is how much money do you think we can expect to make from it? And I I get it when you're working with somebody Mm -hmm. that that's always a common question that comes up. But when you're doing things that are unconventional, that you don't really have something to pull from, and that's what somebody should understand if you're a fit pro and you want to go into making courses either for yourself or with a company, is that there's so many factors that go into it other than, well, we on this course, we made X amount of Mm -hmm. money and we can potentially expect to make the same. There's so many different factors that go into it. Even the the time of the year plays a big factor into it. And then you have to look at, okay, what are people doing during this time? How is the economy? How are, uh, how many CEUs is attached to it? There's so many factors into it. And the fact that uh, some of these, courses did do well some of them didn't do well you know that's something that it's it's tough as a business owner to look at them and be like okay well we need to figure out a different way and i think that that is something a good takeaway is being able to look at your business and or even what you're doing if whether you're working in a gym you're teaching your own boot camp in a park look at it and be like okay how can i adapt this to try something new and just to keep at it because that's really the hardest part is the consistency and keeping at it when you do have any type of struggle.
0: I think that failure is very common. Yeah. We should look at failure as our number one goal. And I know that sounds really funny, but you'll understand this because it's when you fail at something that you learn from yeah. it. And it was interesting. I wrote an article just recently for WIFA, the Women in um, Fitness Association. Mm-hmm. And in it, I'm talking about this concept of getting rid of self-doubt and encouraging idea doubt. So just because something fails, it doesn't mean that you failed. It, it doesn't mean that you should never do this again. Start questioning your ideas. Mm-hmm. Don't question yourself Question your ideas, change it, innovate, reshape, refocus, and reintroduce it to the world. You and I were actually talking about this right before we started recording. Failure to launch. Now, failure to launch, for anyone who's not familiar with that concept, is when you have these great ideas, but you get stuck in the process. And even though you could create a business from it, got the ideas, you've got the materials, you've got the resources, but you can't quite make it over that last step. And I think that this is something that we see a lot in the industry. You do not suffer from a failure to launch. You're able to take these ideas and run with it. And I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but what is it within your makeup, your DNA that allows you to take these ideas and run with it. Mm. And I do think you mentioned your mm-hmm. wife and she absolutely was a supporting part of the process. Mm-hmm. Do you have advice for people who have these great ideas or want to do something different, but just can't make it over that last yeah. step?
1: There's two parts to this. The uh, the question about like, within my own DNA, I think it is a personality thing. Um, if you have never done a personality test, first of all, do one. You learn so much about yourself but also the ability to personality type other people so that you can learn how to speak to them and if they're trying to get something from them, which is important in fitness sales. For yourself to understand how you work, how you approach things, and being able to take all, even some of that mental strain that comes with it off, it really helps put things into perspective, in my opinion. With my own personality, I have trouble working with people that I don't deem as smart for me. I will gladly, if I find someone that I deem smarter than me, I will gladly sit there and listen. And that has to do with like leadership and how I approach that kind kind of um, area. But as well, I'm a task-oriented person with it, mushing these things together. <laughs> I enjoy that process of checking things off and being able to find all the items to get over that hump. So even... Any type of new project that I work on, there's this mental process I go through where I'm just trying to think of every single element that's associated with it and then putting it into a timeline in my head. What do I need to tackle first? And I think at this part right here, when you're looking at, okay, all the tasks that are in front of me and how hard are those going to be, that's really not something that really scares me. It's more, uh, and I think that comes from experience. I remember the exact moment where I felt like, okay, this is a great confidence builder. It was when I created my or I helped assemble my 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 first LMS for Kips, or I had to basically. Um, I'll tell you right now, I I had to watch a series of YouTube videos on it. It was like a sixteen part YouTube series on it, by basically putting your merchant process t- together, your LMS, your courses. It was a week long process, and it was just rewind, clicking back and forth. That went through it, but that process really gave me a lot of confidence in myself to be able to look at things and be like, okay, I can. And I think that that's one of the parts where some people with the failure to launch is that they look at the task in front of them and they get a little f- afraid about it. They're like, wow, Overwhelmed, that, yeah, perhaps? Yeah, overwhelmed. And you're like, wow, that's a lot of work. How am I going to get through it? How am I going to do mm-hmm. that? It's really just one of those things where if you are patient enough and you just do not give up in terms of the search for it, that you'll get there. And it could be anything. I'm not... As Karen mentioned, my education is in exercise science, but I can do a plethora of things with IT and with building things online. Do I think I'm really, really good? No, I don't. I think that, because I have met people that are a million times better than me <laughs> at it, I just think that I can do it. I can do it at a, for the fitness industry. I can do it at a pretty high level. Those skills are out there and there's a, there's a need for that. But for a small business owner, Uh, what i've been able to accomplish and the information i've been able to gather it it just helps with that with low cost and that that kind of stuff so the advice that i can give is to just consistently look for those answers that will push you forward it's it's the the hardest thing is to not be afraid of it but uh, probably the example that uh, people listening to this will look at is with virtual training is Mm. that they will look at virtual training because i've spoken to a lot of instructors on this and i walked a lot of instructors through this it's it sounds very daunting and it is very hard but if you just continue on that path to find answers how do i make my audio better how do i make my video look better how do i edit this all these items if you just keep on it the answers are out there there's a million different videos on it not just in the fitness industry that you can pull from will show you anything on on youtube you just got to be willing to watch it and learn from it
0: and i think that this really speaks to that concept of fixed mindset versus the growth mindset because the growth mindset is to always keep learning always keep growing Always push outside those comfort zones or the bubble that you're in. You know, the past year and a half, we have all been forced outside of our comfort zone in one area or another. One of the things that you spoke about, Tyler, is you talked about perhaps you weren't the best at doing what you're doing and that there are other people who can do it better. What you're doing, I'm going to replace your mushing word (laughs) with skill stacking. Mm -hmm. So- you never say mush again. <laughs> <laughs> but what you're describing here is skill stacking. You're taking your skills from different areas within the industry and you're stacking them to create something new or something that works well for your business. And so I see the fact that you've done all this work with the learning management system, coding and, and learning how to build a website, and you've brought your experience and your understanding of the fitness industry, and you've stacked those two skills together to create something that other people in the industry need or want. And so I think that's just brilliant. Now, another issue with people that have this failure to launch is they're not necessarily as good as bouncing back. Or if someone says no, they don't learn how to negotiate. When I was talking to Corey Lefkowitz of Redefining Strength, she mentioned a book called Never Split the Difference by Chris Voss. And this is a book on hostage negotiations. But she said that it was one of the best books that she's ever read to help learn how to negotiate business deals or negotiate with clients when you're presenting your pricing package. I want to encourage listeners to go back and take a listen to that. It's called Methodologies of Marketing with Corey Lefkowitz. And she's with Redefining Strength. So I just thought about that. I wanted to put a little plug in there for that episode. I dig it. I think that we do, we live in a world where we have to learn how to negotiate. Things are not going to just be handed to us. Let's talk about some of the barriers that fitness professionals face today. Now, one of the things that you said is some of these companies that you're not running up against, but you're providing similar types of certifications or products or marketing, they've gotten so big that they've lost sight of what their clients really need. Mm -hmm. Do you think that as fitness professionals, we run across that as a barrier as well? We get to a point where we kind of forget who it is we're trying to market to.
1: It's a good one. I think that a way to approach it better, because I feel like a mindset that we sometimes fall into as fitness pros is that we start to do that comparing thing. Or we compare ourselves to the other trainers in our, our facility. Absolutely. Or, or other businesses. And something that I've really focused on with my business, Kips, but also with Time to Train Fitness, is that, and I preach this to the instructors that I work with, is that to just keep the blinders on, just consistently focus on what you can do to get better, whether it is your approach, your assessment for fitness pros that are working in a gym or they own their own business, what are those steps that you can do to get better at it? Because ultimately, what somebody's doing in their own facility, yeah, it's great to pull some ideas from it, but don't compare yourself. Don't try to go down that, that mental path where you are constantly thinking, oh, they're just doing so much better than me. How am I supposed to compete with that? Think about what can you learn from it, What you already said. What can you learn from it to get better at it? Because that's really the... Then to be a deciding factor in your growth. The the growth mindset, that's really important there. And really the, the whole keeping the blinders on. And I think that that's something that I've seen in different industries where you see different titans that are really growing and their ability to just focus on themselves. And that if you are investing in yourself, if you are taking time to watch videos, watch lectures, watch and read Different items that are gonna help your own business, help your own growth. I think that that is great.
0: What else do you see as barriers for <laughs> fitness professionals? And because I'm all about providing opportunities or actionable items, mm-hmm. not only what are the barriers, but what can they do about it?
1: Oh boy, I'm gonna be honest with this. And uh, in previous years, like when I've been on podcasts or when I've done recordings for my own with the the, the Kips podcast that I run. There's a level that I won't usually cross to, just for, for the sake of making sure that people enjoy the podcast. And so my answer is...
0: <laughs> Tyler, <laughs> yes, be good. <laughs> I am. I'm trying.
1: I will say a big barrier that we all face is the industry that we work in. And that's something that I'll I'll tell you that I even spoke with somebody that's on the board of one of the, the big organizations out there recently. And I, and I know that there's change happening across the board. But the industry that we work in, there is a lot of... Um, backroom deals, there's a lot of, I'm going to help my friend, I'm going to help this person that I like, I'm going to give them the job instead of the person that deserves it. And you see it across the board. You really see that, that if you work in a gym, somebody getting a promotion when you you probably deserve it. You've maybe been in those shoes. Uh, or if you are looking to speak at a conference, you might see that, well, well I have a, a very solid topic. It's new, it's innovative. Um, hopefully a lot of people are going to benefit from it. Why is somebody else that talks about the same thing? And I've heard that in different ways. I've heard from people that go to conferences uh, that uh, are speakers and basically them ranting about somebody joking about how they use the same exact lecture for, for almost a, two, three years. And you're like, what? Why?
0: I hate that. Yeah.
1: And at the same time, I've I've been on the other end when I am the presenter and, and people have asked me. Why aren't we learning more about this at conferences? It's one of those things where it's the industry that we work in. These are some of the issues that really we face as fitness pros is that the industry is not necessarily suited to help the entry-level person, the group fitness instructor, the personal trainer that's just getting into the industry, and this is just my opinion on it, but it's not really suited to it. That's why I, I feel like we see a lot of turnover. That somebody will be in the industry for maybe a couple months, maybe two years, and then they have to go find a a full-time job because of not just the hours, but the support. It's hard. There's very few gym franchises that invest in an educational program, an onboarding system that really help them grow, learn more, to get really good at the process of being a fitness professional, even taking this now to if you're, you're an independent and you're trying to grow your own business as a running a boot camp or even just being a personal trainer working at a gym the resources that are out there are it, it's they're hard to find sometimes you don't see as much in terms of okay marketing or building your own website or the ability to get a, a full certification and that those are not as popular as they should be in my opinion don't get me wrong and uh, i'll say you look at my educational background it's all in exercise science but i've there is a huge need for business development and marketing and the ability to develop your interpersonal skills because those are really what help somebody get a new client uh, anybody that has worked with somebody you probably have your clients that you talk with more than just Exercise. Okay, you need to you need to fix this. You need to do this in your life. But you're probably talking, having in-depth conversations with them. Your interpersonal skills, and how did you get there? You had to market to them. You had to build that relationship, and those are the items that uh, hopefully there will be more of in the future. I can tell you that that is something that we are working on at Kips. That we Ooh,
0: that's exciting.
1: It it's uh it's been in the works for a while, but uh, it's something that I feel is a big need these days. Looking at what's happened over the last year, how can Fitness Pros grow even further down that road and really it comes from a place of how can they be more independent? Even if you are are working for a facility, how can you be more independent within that facility, be able to grow your own business, be able to stand on your own because one of the things that I really enjoyed seeing And this sounds kind of bad, but it, I liked seeing fit pros growing outside of the gym. That when the gyms had to close down, that fit pros, they took things into their own hands and they grew their own businesses virtually Mm -hmm. and they had that part of their, their lives. They had that freedom. And now, they weren't the ones depending upon the gym to hopefully get a pay raise or to hopefully get more clients. They took it in their own hands and grew their businesses. As cheesy as that sounds, it's the it's how I feel and how...
0: Oh, 100%. Yeah. I was thinking the same thing. This was a, a very important occurrence in all of our lives that allowed us to seek additional opportunities that were completely unknown to us. And it worked. Oh, yeah, like it, it worked. And I think that's why I numbered the gyms and some gyms definitely supported this, but other gyms and facilities, it scared them.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that goes back to my answer about the industry that we work in. I have a handful of friends that are director of education uh, that hold that title with gym franchises a- across the states. And I can tell you that the, that is one of their hardest things that they're facing right now. They're having trouble getting trainers to come back. Because they, some trainers created this own revenue stream for them. They created something that they can live off of. And so how do they attract them back when the pay is not as good? It's one of those things where that I'm thankful that I'm not in that position where I have to, to get trainers to come back. But I believe that that is one of the great things that I saw over the last year when a lot of our industry was hurting. That there were these trainers out there that really pushed it, that pushed that envelope to learn more to create their own business and to hopefully create something that they can continue to do and grow from.
0: Changing of the guards, mm-hmm. that term just kept coming to my head when you were talking. Do you think that the industry needs a changing of the guard?
1: The area that I can pull from, from my own experience going to conferences, um, but I'm on the younger end of the spectrum when I go speak. I am um, typically am yeah, the youngest speaker there. Yes. And I'm very honored to be there right, to be able to speak at conferences to share education share concepts and I kind of thought about that recently at a conference that I spoke at but um I do know at the same time there are a lot of great educators out there so it's hard to say um a changing of the garden in that area I think that there should be change in terms of the educational standards um the one that the one that i'll quickly share is the, the entry, the barrier to entry is not as high as it should be in my opinion. And I can have this argument for both do sides. Do you mean
0: economically or do you mean skill acquisition and competence?
1: That with education and the, the certification, I've, I've worked for education companies the majority of time I in my time in the industry and I've done accreditation applications for two different companies. I know the process of it i know every step of it and i can tell you that i don't believe it's strict enough that's one of the things that i enjoy with the podcast that i host is that when i bring that question up and being able to ask the individual that is a speaker does education what they think about the certification process within the states and to hear sometimes if it is somebody from overseas what their um, process looks like what standards do they have to accomplish and so I feel like that's one of the things that hopefully should open up more. I think that there shouldn't just be one accreditation agency that is looked at as the gold standard. I think that there should be multiple because I think that if we're just trying to test the basic knowledge of a instructor, then get them in, get them trained, get them moving on, and hopefully stay within the industry. Why is it just a 125-question exam that they have to take? Why aren't we assessing them on interpersonal skills on queuing on hands on portion things that really should help them on the first date, but are we just trying to trick them on this hundred and twenty five question exam and make up our own terms that hopefully make them buy our education on our and and a retest on it, or do we want to make sure that they passed have a a basic knowledge of it and then help them grow even further? I think that process can be greatly improved, um but then that then goes into the industry that we work in the organizations and the individuals that own franchises that make these decisions on what certifications are accepted you know that's that then brings in that question of should there be a change of the guard that should there be a change in the standards that are accepted i think that that all falls into that but it's a hard one to answer for myself
0: it's a bit of a minefield as well you know as big as the fitness industry is it is also quite small and to your point That sometimes there is that nepotism that's happening. Sometimes there is the supporting of the people that you know, that you like, that you trust. And those are the people that will get the jobs rather than Mm -hmm. a newer, younger person coming in with the skills and capabilities, but don't have those connections. Yeah. Interesting. Do you think that franchise owners should also have their certification in place?
1: The best way to answer this is to pull from my experience when i worked for smart fitness nccpt and smart fitness part of my role was that i had to manage the 350 gyms that were a part of smart fitness and so you get to learn these franchise owners what they like what they're expecting with some of those i've created relationships after i left that company i will tell you getting to know some of these owners that they don't agree with a lot of the way that the industry is and they mm-hmm. they will tend to look for their own education they should be able to make those decisions because they're the one that's in they're investing their time and I get from the other standpoint well maybe they don't have the knowledge to make those decisions uh, but it's ultimately they are creating jobs so you have to look at both sides of it it's, it's tough it's really a tough part to to dip into because it, there's both sides of it and I think not until there's more recognized accreditation agencies mm. um, that will be able to really have a better conversation about it because i'll I'll tell you i've had this argument with people that have been in the industry for x amount of years they have this type of education and then they'll tell me that they'll tell me about accreditation and i and in the back of my head i'm saying nope that's that's not right and <laughs> and <laughs> the, you'll ask about what what positions they hold, and you'll be bl- you'll be blown away. But like you hold that position, and yet you don't know this about accreditation, and you're well, you want to lecture me about it. And it's one of those it's it's a never ending circle in that area. So
0: at the same time, so great that we can have these conversations though and but, clear yeah. up. And you know, some people will learn from it, and other people will dig in their heels and. I think that as long as we continue to keep moving that bar higher for standards mm-hmm. and we keep stating what we believe in yeah. to make the industry better, it's not a bad thing. So tell me this now, because mm-hmm. you touched on it. How can professionals become a part of KIPS, either as a customer or as a potential contributor?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, with this one, I'm going to take you the uh, direction of hopefully learning too as a customer, you know, you can always go on our website, take our courses. They're available 24 seven. And we have a plethora of courses that can help you and hopefully help you build your business. We used to do live workshops. There was a period of time where that was a big part of our business. Um, at the moment we do not have any on the schedule and it's a thing that we're not sure when it's going to come back. Um, then there's nothing wrong with doing live courses if that's what you do. As a contributor, that's something that's kind of changed from when I started KIPS. At the beginning, when I was looking for more content, trying to get more courses out on the platform, I would say that I kind of rushed that process. And hopefully, this story I'm going to tell helps people with with their own business. I used to just, okay, yeah, let's get it going. Let's start. Let's get a date to film. Here's here's a contract. Here's what we do. Um let's let's start. Let's, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. And as I've grown Kips more, I've realized that I prefer to create a relationship with them. Have a relationship that you learn more about them that okay, let's have 3, 4, 5 meetings before we even start anything. And make sure that this is going to work, that our personality is going to match, that we align in that way.
0: Because it is a business relationship. You're bringing on a business partner, essentially. Yep.
1: Oh, yeah. And and that goes into our, our expectations with it, that I want to make sure that it's going to go both ways. And you're 100% right with that. It's a business relationship. And I think that when I rushed this, there were times when people that the business relationship was not as good as it could have been. And the expe- expectations I have, go back to us being a small business, that we are still a small business. We don't have that type of marketing budget of bigger companies that you see constantly. You see them at conferences. You see them online. You see them marketing. You see them in the commercials these days. We don't have that type of budget, so we have to do things differently. How we utilize YouTube. I'm going back to bringing up YouTube that often I will talk with the instructor about, will you be willing and able to make YouTube content, which I will help them with? that we can basically market the course through that we can put up free information out there on youtube that's out there that we can then put on social media that we can put on our blog that we can put in the newsletter that we can constantly keep that marketing train going in our own way and are they going to be able to do that and if the other person thinks that they can't do it then it's one of those things where well we'll run into this issue. That will run into an issue where you might not be as happy with sales that are coming through. If you can't keep that constant marketing train going, consumers, they just move on to the next thing. You think about it. When you post something on social media, you got to immediately go to, okay, what, what do I post next? How do I get that consistently coming out? Because people just scroll, scroll, scroll. They see something. Okay. They like it. Maybe they click on it. Maybe they don't. They just keep moving on with their life. And so you have to keep that strategy going and that's part of our strategy with it being a contributor if somebody did want to of course they can reach out to me we can chat about it and we can go to start that path uh, but it's one of those things where it has to go, th- go both ways. And I, I can see it from the other side, somebody that maybe had experience with a different company that, okay, well, here's what they do. And here's what I got. Okay. That's great. That's not what we do.
0: Well, and I think that it's important to mention that the world of advertising or how we advertise has completely changed. No longer do you need to put out money to book space in a magazine or on a radio station or in a newspaper or even time and travel to put flyers up in community centers, we all have this opportunity to put our voice out there on social media, whether it's YouTube or Instagram or Facebook. It's essentially a free marketing platform. And if someone isn't necessarily willing to explore those opportunities in order to market themselves to also promote the company that they're doing business with, that would give me red flags about that person. And I think this is essentially what you're saying in in a nicer way, maybe. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you hit on it. <laughs> you got it.
0: What excites you about the future?
1: What excites me about future of my own work is just that constant quest to find more in that area of youtube and development um that's something that really excites me actually is that i mean after we finish this podcast i go into editing i go into filming um, i have quite a bit of footage that i need to edit that's kind of what excites me these days is uh, as i mentioned earlier just keeping engaged in what i'm doing and what we're trying to do to push the companies forward whether it's kips whether it's time to train fitness That's really what excites me. The process of being a small business owner is tough. Finding that constant motivation to stay with it, stay engaged, get your people engaged. Um, That's really what keeps me going. And I think that on the horizon, there's more networking opportunities that we're working on for new courses with Kips. Definitely excited in that department.
0: I love the fact that you approach everything with optimism. When you're looking at the industry, you're able to see these paths forward while also learning from your experience with some of these other companies about things that worked really well, things that didn't work so well, and things that you can change to make a difference. And this is how I approach my work with the public and with my clients and with anyone that I'm doing business with is what can I do to help you be more successful? Because at the end of the day, if I can help you be more successful, then you'll want to work with me more. Oh yeah. And, and I see this in your attitude. What do you think that fitness professionals right now could immediately do to improve their current business practice that'll really make a difference in their lives today? Oh
1: yeah. I just want to take a second to go back to that last point you made about being a leader, being a manager, and then I'll jump into this question because it's something that I've been stewing on and I've shared with my wife about it. She's the one that has to listen to all my vents and all the times, all these ideas that I have. She's a good Um, woman. She is a good woman. (laughs) It's mostly in the car and it's mostly me venting. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, But as a manager and as a leader, one of the things that I've really been thinking about a lot lately is that leaders and managers need to take more responsibility of what they can give to make their instructors, their employees, their contractors, whatever it is, more successful. I One of the things that almost frustrates me But something I always have to correct is with instructors, they constantly want to say sorry. They're sorry that they don't know how to do virtual training. They don't know how to put together a course. But why should they say? They shouldn't be saying sorry. They shouldn't have to be put in that position. I think that's almost a a reflex just based off of our society these days that people want to constantly say sorry for something they don't know. But in reality, they haven't been given the tools to succeed in it. That is one of my biggest peeves about manage, managing about being a leader is that we need to do better in giving our our people whether they're instructors whether they're contract whether they're employees about giving them the tools to succeed because if they don't have those they're constantly going to be in a position where they're questioning their place they're be questioning if they're doing things right but how do we build confidence in them and i think that that's giving them the tools to succeed the be- best example i can give is with an individual that works with with kips that uh, the way that i've approached him and he and he says this all the time that he's he's almost he's just shocked with um you know maybe my approach to things but it's more of a okay how can i give you more tools to be better to get things done because oftentimes i feel we get put into positions when you are an employee or when you pick up a new job that somebody will just be like oh here you go Okay, just, so just start working, and you you're sitting there like, "Wait what? what what, what do I do? How do I, How do I move forward? What am I supposed to be doing?" And that is on the company that they are not providing their individuals with those tools to succeed. So I think that we're in the same area with that, but that's my my small vent before I get to this last little uh, part about business practices.
0: Well, and I want to hop in here and say that we see this a lot. I believe the term for it is the accidental manager, where someone who is good at their current role is seen and recognized and then elevated to a leadership or a management role where they don't have the skills or the capacity to be a leader or a manager. They're automatically put into that position thinking that whatever juju they have will rub off on all the people that they are then in charge of. And I think we see this a lot in, uh, in the fitness industry.
1: Yeah, oh yeah. It's, um, it's when that entry level trainer goes to their first gym, first job, what does that onboarding process look like? Are you given the tools to know how to sell, to know how to get a client? that? What's that onboarding process? What do you take that first person through? Do you know all those things before you actually start training somebody? And that's something that a lot of people need to think about and maybe even come prepared for it. And knowing that this industry, sometimes they're not going to give you those tools. And so what can you do for yourself to be proactive in it?
0: Love it. Back to my question.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, let's finish that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, let's finish that train of thought. So what do you see are those ways that fit pros can change or immediately affect change to have a great business practice?
1: Yeah, I think the first thing, and this can go across multiple parts of it, that whether you are working in a gym, or you maybe you're an independent contractor, or maybe you're building your own business, but it is to build a business. Learn and stay up to date with new social media requirements, knowing how to do stories, maybe learning how to do IGTV, learning things that are new and not having that mindset to blame social media or being that person that says, oh, I'm too old to do social media. You learn so much about it about a year ago. It was a year ago during the the pandemic, the hard lockdown periods out here in the States that I got to do a a guest lecture for uh, my undergraduate program. And one of the students re- reached out to me after, and he wanted to know, oh, like, I want to, I want to do something like what you do. I want to learn. how do, where do I start? Like, what do I do? And the honest answer that I gave him was to build a business, learn how to make a website, learn how to film content, learn how to post on social media, get that practice. And that applies no matter what you're doing in the industry. If you're working in a gym and you build your own social media uh, platform in terms of you're constantly posting on Instagram, Facebook, twitter whatever that might be but you're you're getting clients people are wanting to come work with you you're getting new people to the gym you're going to be seen as an asset a tool for it and if you have a website too same thing it just helps bring more people in you're going to be a star at that gym if you're running your own business all these items are are a bigger requirement but you got to learn how to stay up to date with them do all these things learn how to do them well And just constantly be down that path because you learn so much about it. The next thing would be to use YouTube.
0: (laughs) Okay. I'm I'm taking notes here.
1: (laughs) (laughs) As an education tool, but also as a marketing tool and a potential business too. If you want to learn how to do all those things I just mentioned, make a website, post on social media. What are the requirements for posting on Instagram, for posting a story? How should I be holding my camera? What are the best practices? All those types of things go to YouTube. There are thousands, if not millions of videos on these topics. And it's a great free tool to build that way. But if you're marketing tool, for as a marketing tool, also, if you're creating content for YouTube, building a library of exercises, building a library of content where maybe you're talking about being consistent in your workouts, about maybe wellness tools, items along that path. YouTube. It's a free place for you to host your videos, post them on your blog after, send them in a newsletter. It's a great tool in that area. And if you're getting good at it and it's great content and people are watching it, all of a sudden you opened up another potential business for yourself where you can make money off of of YouTube. So go to YouTube, learn it, use it, and Go utilize it as much as you can. And then the last one, and this is something that we've kind of already talked about already, but be the driver of your career. I think that that's really important. And we really um, talked about the importance of it, about what we saw last year and how great it was, but there are honestly will always be opportunities for those people out there that hustle, that constantly hustle, that are looking for new ways to grow, that want to network, that want to grow their career, whether they're a trainer group exercise, whatever area they're in, an educator, hustle, just hustle. Don't stop because, uh, and I like talking about, the mental health aspect of this area because it's so true because I've been through it in terms of I remember that strain and that stress I had when I was working for one of the companies I worked for before that it was just a high stress environment that you were talked about negatively that you were put in situations that you you didn't have a sense of security that you're going to be with this company for a long time and the mental health aspect of being in the industry is so important and if you're not in one of those environments that you feel great that you feel like okay i want to build here i want to stay here just leave find find a different one i'll say right now that gyms they will gladly gladly dump an employee to help their bottom line or to help a friend that they believe that will help them better so don't have that that mindset that they're gonna take care of you because they i've seen it too many times where pe- individuals are in a bad and working environment and it strains them and it's more important in my opinion to be in a great mental space because all that creative juice that i've been talking about throughout this podcast all those creative ideas the ability to just let that flow and just constantly be looking to grow it comes from being in a good mental space so be the driver of your career make these opportunities for yourself whether it's with youtube whether it's your own boot camp business whether it's your own training business whatever that might be be the driver because you never know what's going to happen but mental health is going to be one of the keys to it in my opinion
0: Brilliant. You've talked about a lot of things there. And, you know, this notion of misguided loyalty or not not misguided, I should say misplaced loyalty, Mm
1: -hmm. because
0: you're right. There is a definitive lack of loyalty to people these days, and we should not be attaching ourselves to anyone else's anchor.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: Excellent. You have given us So many amazing little nuggets of advice, wisdom, and for that, I want to thank you. And, you know, selfishly, part of the reason I love doing these podcast interviews is because I get to learn from every single person on my podcast. And I've had some amazing people that Mm -hmm. I've had the opportunity to interview. And Tyler, you rank right up there.
1: (laughs) Thank you, Karen. I got to say that it's an honor that you do this work with Kips, that you provide this service to fit pros, that you are looking for ways to help people. That is the part of the fitness industry that I didn't talk about that, but it's one of the things where the ability to give back. Mm -hmm. And that is one of the true areas that we should hopefully see more of. And Karen, you're doing that right now.
0: Yeah, I honestly think that the more that we all contribute to helping each other out, Mm -hmm. the better the industry will become. The better, the stronger, and the healthier it will be. Oh, yeah. Tyler, I want to thank you so much for your time today. You have shared so much, and I want to encourage listeners to go check out Kips. So would you take a moment to share all of your social media from YouTube to Instagram to your website so that people can take a look and we'll also pop that into the show notes.
1: Definitely, definitely. So probably the quickest way is if you follow me on Instagram, Tyler underscore Kips, K-I-P-S, online. From there, the link that's in my bio, it's going to have the podcast links, Kips links, Time to Train Fitness. The URL for Kips is kipsonline.org, not .com, .org time to train is time the number two train dot fitness with those you're going to find plethora of information maybe a business idea if you look at time to train you'll be like oh wow they are doing something different and maybe some ideas for yourself with kips you can maybe find some education that's going to be able to help you the instagram for those are kips online for um, instagram and then time to train is time to train fitness
0: Look at you. I can't even remember my passwords and you're able to rattle off all your social media handles. This is very impressive, Tyler.
1: Thank you, Karen.